and so is Joe. Yeah. All right, we are live. Hey guys, hey ladies, hey everybody. Welcome to the Pink Cloud Nine podcast. Usually I do an intro about myself, but I'm over it. Not today. I'm taking another direction. It's all about the amazing, the one, the only Joe Dirac. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Hey, all right. How are you? Good, good. We also have with us an amazing, really, really wonderful person. I'm so happy to have met him as well. Co-host Alan Jacobson. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, um, Joe is here to talk to us about Vet Vocat and what that entails. So, please tell us, Joe Dirac, about Vet Vocat. Sure, sure. So, vet, it's actually vetvocat.now.site is the website, but the actual organization is the Veterans Vocational Assistance Foundation. And it's a not-for-profit that I started to help veterans transition from the military into the civilian workforce, something that I had to do some time ago. I'm an Army vet, and I spent many years in the Army, and when I got out, I found out that, hey, somehow, it's not as easy as you think. There's not that much demand for people you know, shooting rifles and throwing grenades and the like. But you have to be able to transition and find a job. So I thought, let me help out my fellow veterans and start an organization. And that's what I did. You know, that reminds me of something, which I think this is great. I'm so glad that you're doing this. It reminds me of people coming out of, I mean, it's not the same, but it's like on the same, okay. Coming out of prison into civilian life, it's really hard for them to transition so now I'm thinking, you know, the yeah, parallels. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, anytime you go from, I mean, it's always difficult, I think, sometimes for people to go from one career, if you would, to another. That's in my case. But especially, you know, there's, there's always a culture, right? Yeah. And whether you're coming from a prison environment, for a, some other kind of industry, making that transition can always be difficult. And what I found is that, you know, no matter what occupation you come from, you can develop you have, first of all, some three types of skills. You know, you have your basic skills you had from the job, kind of the occupational skills, but you also have this thing called transferable skills and personal skills. And it's those transferable skills that veterans bring, I believe, to the civilian workforce that makes them so valuable. And so capturing that and helping them. You know, when I first got out, I had the help of a Department of Labor employee rep. To this day, I remember Rosemary. And she uh, told me, you know, hey, Forget about all those things that you've done in the past, but really focus on what you can do and what you bring to a company when you come out. And that's what I kind of did. And then, coincidentally, I went into another career for many years, um, actually doing employment and training. So that I developed that expertise. And in that occupation, I was working with older adults, 55 and older. Um, that was before I was, by the way, 55 and older. <laughs> uh, but now that I am, I can really relate. But they have even that transition. You know, there's always changes coming, and, and our ability to adapt to change is so key. And so, certainly, tra- changing into a different career is absolutely critical. And people need help sometimes, and that's why I wanted to help you know my fellow veterans out with this. So we created the Veterans Vocational Assistance Foundation. And by you know, really, what I do, I used to initially provide direct services, things like resume writing, interview skills, assessments, and all of that. But, you know, I'm kind of a one-man band when it comes to it there. It's not a, it's not a real big organization. It's something I've formed. But, um, you know, I needed to go to work for myself, too. 
Um, so what I did is I formed it, and I found out actually I could bring more usefulness and more, um, you know, basic increase our, our capacity by making serving like a connector to other organizations. Because you know what I found amongst particularly the veteran population is two things. One, they're reluctant to seek help. <laughs> they veterans have this kind of you know suck it up mentality. I don't need any help, and we don't need services. I'll do it. You know, grin and bear it. You know, and then I think the other thing that's really important with veterans too is that they, it's a community there, and, and they relate to themselves there. But they li- they like working with fellow vets. And one of the things I found is there's a lot of different agencies out there helping veterans. But the big thing I found is a lot of them aren't getting the veterans to come in the door okay. to help them. Right. And so there's an outreach thing, and it's just part of it's just ignorance that they're not aware of some of these many, many services that they have. So I, I thought with the Veterans Vocational Assistance Foundation, I could serve and, and create a website and serve more as a connector to these other services than just simply a service provider. And I felt that was a better way of bringing capacity, uh, you know, expanding the capacity of the organization. Joe, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Great. Um, what do you find is the biggest impediment to companies hiring vets well, you know, I think it's like anything else. There's always some stereotypes uh, that people have. Um, a lot of a lot of companies, due to things like tax incentives and other programs that are out there, that some employers aren't even aware of, can get you know, just like with <laughs> you mentioned the criminal population. There's you know, if you're there is certain incentives the government has, but I think the biggest obstacle is people think, oh, well, they're going to come in. You know, they, some of their stereotypes, they're going to come in and try to order me around, or they're too authoritarian, or they're not going to be adapted. And, you know, it's, it's those kind of same stereotypes that no matter what, what, it was the same thing in the older population. Oh, they're not going to adapt to change. They, you know, they, they, everybody has a certain stereotype, but they don't know individuals. They assume they're all a certain way. So they may think, oh, this is this is guy that's going to come in and he's either going to be too bossy or uh, maybe he has some PTSD issues or some right. mental health issues for service, all sorts of things. And, you know, they, they're really take that and then they say, okay, this is why I don't want to hire a veteran, for example. And of course, once you get to know people, you find out we're all different individuals that overgeneralizing and stereotyping is just a a mistake in judgment. So I do think that's probably one of the biggest uh, impediments. So I have, I read a statistic. I don't know if it's accurate or not. You know, you read things you don't know these days. What Okay, I want to talk about this. Suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about... the. Okay, so the the statistic that I read was like the the suicide in veterans is high a day. Oh, high. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? Can you speak on that? And the prevention of it? I can't the exact data, but it, the, it was an alarming number of mm-hmm. uh, suicides attributed to veterans. And not only just veterans, but also, you know, we're in an environment where responders, uh, police officers, yeah. people like that, the vet, you know, the suicide rate has really jumped. And of course, having a, uh, the situation within with the pandemic and everything, the, the workload is really high and stuff that, too. And of course, the environment that we're in um, for veterans, obviously it's, you know, PTSD with, with all the stressors that come, you know, in a combat zone, um, you know, that takes a toll. And, and that's why I partner, you know, with different organizations um, obviously, the VA has sources. I use the VA myself for my health care. And I know that mental health is one of the, 
you know, the key concerns uh, in the suicide rate. In fact, every time you go in, they ask you, how are you feeling? Do you have any kind of mm-hmm. thoughts like that? Because it is a, it's a problem. And that's why a lot of times veterans need that kind of help too. Now, that's kind of outside my scope of practice as far as suicide prevention, sure, but there sure. is a, a VA crisis line that they can call. Good. And uh, certainly, you know, the Veterans Administration has many, many resources you know, because you are, you're entitled to, that's one of the things, I get my health care through the VA healthcare system, and despite some of the criticisms that people have heard, it's actually a pretty good system and getting better in many ways, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, yeah, it's got its problems like everything else, but veterans, there, there's a lot of resources that they have, and if they're having any mental health, I would encourage them, you know, to call their crisis line or seek help right away, because it is a very, very serious issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is somewhat of a rhetorical question. But why did you decide to go the nonprofit route versus the for-profit route? Yeah, so that's a good question. So, um, and, and I've kind of transitioned. I'd like to say I'm on my third career here. You know, I started off my first career was actually the military. When I got out, I went into the not-for-profit world. And I mentioned I was working, helping uh, seniors, older adults. Um, and I'll, I, I can mention that, you know, with, with a, a company, an organization, maybe some of you have heard of AARP, which, again, that's 50 and older. Like I said, when I, started, when I started work for them, I wasn't old enough to join. But by the time I left um, back in 2017, I was well past that milestone. And, you know, um, I, I can't say I'm, I'm so old I retired from AARP, but there's some truth to that story. Um, but the... the that not-for-profit world, I always felt was very, you know, that's I'm, I, I kind of consider myself a service guy at heart. You know, if you look at the four types of personality, um, for me, it's always about service. And if you, I think that's what my career's kind of reflected, whether it be serving in the military, serving the older population through a not-for-profit, or now through some of the ventures that I'm in here with my own not-for-profit, and also working with companies that, you know, I think there is a real strong place for the private sector. Actually, one of the companies I work for is the B Corp. I don't know if you've heard of that, but they donate. They're, they're a private sector company, and they donate about 1% of their revenue currently um, for right. uh, not-for-profit organizations. So I think it's really a combined effort. Not-for-profits are great. They have really good missions, but I think it's the real power comes in the collaboration that occurs between the private sector, the not-for-profit world, and the government. Well, also, I think a lot of people may or may not realize but one of the main reasons for establishing a nonprofit is to be able to solicit and accept donations. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm assuming there might be some type of uh, organizations uh, or or types of individuals that might be great fits for your organization to be able to donate to, to your organization so that you can then go out and help more vets. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I don't do a lot of fundraising or any things like that. I mean, I do have, uh, you know, Facebook and so forth. I've had some, and, and, and I use the funds, obviously, that we get through donations. I haven't sought government contracts or anything like that for my nonprofit. But United Way, obviously, is, is a great organization. But any, any you know, I, I'm looking to work with basically any entity that has veterans uh, at heart, you know, and taking care of our those who have served. And that's what's the purpose of the Veteran Vocational Assistance Foundation. You know, mm-hmm. it's, whatever way we can help out veterans. And, and I'm a big believer that, you know, in the power of collaboration. Because one, one organization can only do so much. I don't care how great an organization. It's really when you partner with 
and collaborate with other organizations that you really bring you know together the power of collaboration and, and help out many many people and that's certainly what's you know the goal of the veteran vocational system foundation absolutely okay let's tell everybody let's transition a little bit to where we all met and let's give a big shout out to epic Business connection. That's where yeah. we met. We love me some epic guys. If you haven't, and ladies, checked out or been on an epic business connection Zoom call, network call, marketing call, network marketing, marketing network, whatever it's called. I don't know. It's just so much information, but I love it. We are like family. Okay, so epic, epic, epic. I know that they're. Um, website is ninja-networking.com so you can go and zoom with us we're there every morning at like 7 eastern a.m it's so much fun i just wanted to give a shout out to epic because well, picking up on that that you mentioned Catherine, about being like family mm-hmm. actually the head of it brian daly mm-hmm. uh gave a shout out to me yesterday a nice birthday wishes oh. that people then started commenting on which was really nice so that's kind of the family aspect of it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Brian, Brian and Ellen are family, literally. So, I mean, they're yeah, with themselves here, obviously. But the whole organization, I agree. You know, we met there. Um, but it's, uh, you know, in large sense, the whole power of networking. I think that's what the beauty of it. I mean, I think, you know, Catherine, we met. And then the, with the power of LinkedIn and other networks. And I'm finding it particularly during this pandemic, it has been so valuable, not only to my business, but me personally, to be able to, you know, be socially distant, but still connected. And I think that coming together, I mean, uh, I, I'm in a complete different state than, uh, you know, Catherine or anybody on there, but I've been able to communicate with people around the world, literally, That's through amazing. the power of the technology. So I feel really blessed that we do have, you know, this technology, the internet, and then these networking organizations that I find popping up more and more all over. Mm-hmm. And so Epic is just a really great example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yep. I found Epic through Eventbrite, mm. so which is interesting. Um, back in uh, July 2020, and so just if you guys are looking for a network, you know that one is a really good one. It's my favorite one. Well, I have a lot of favorites, but that one's at the top because Brian and Ellen are like my my mom and dad, like almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for real. Like I want to call them mom and dad. Like, all the time, but I'm like, that's kind of weird, but so I don't do it. It might be weird, so anyway. And y'all are like, you know, my uncles, you know? I love it. So, anyway. Well, I got to shout out to uh, Nathan Lancaster, because he's the one who invited me, and I actually found him on an app called Shaper. I don't know if you've heard that, Mm, but it's like one of these swipe right, swipe left. Somebody compared it to, like, a Tinder for networkers. Oh, is it really? We actually connected again via Zoom. Wow. He me, and the rest is history. So, that's I mean, hilarious. that's what I'm saying. The power of the technology and, and the groups like Epic that are forming, and also, that's just great. And, and Brian and Ellen, they're just, I mean, phenomenal. Um, and by the way, it's absolutely free, <laughs> which I love. Isn't that <laughs> awesome? Started, started with them uh, when we used to meet on Thursday mornings at yeah. 7.30 at a coffee shop. Not a coffee shop, but a local restaurant. And we used to meet until the pandemic. We would meet every Thursday morning. Yeah. And all of a sudden the pandemic came and it's like boom you know started adding on groups and doing the zoom and exploded right yeah. and you know for entrepreneurs and new people that's one thing i'm telling the veterans anymore is that hey get online make sure your resume is up to speed get on linkedin 
utilize these tools, these networking organizations. That's one of the fundamental things that in finding employment you need to do or finding a new career. Um, so, for example, I decided at my third career to go into entrepreneurship, and that's where, you know, that's able to happen because of technology again, the technology platform companies, you know, that I partner with. And so that's what I, with the Durac Asset Development, which is kind of my day job, if you would, with the not-for-profit, um, that's what we do. We focus on using the technology to help bring, you know, resources to people, whether that be save them time, save them money, or give them peace of mind. Totally. And not only that, but then after we started hanging out at Epic, you know, y'all been there longer than me and whatnot, but now we hang out at Happy Neighborhood Project HMP. So that's another networking. uh, I'm just trying to get the word out because y'all, if y'all are. How much does that cost? It's zero. It's free. Like if you. And it's it's amazing, and I could go on, but I just want to give a shout out to H and P Happy Neighborhood Project. Amazing, utilize them as well. Y'all got to get on this train, you know, the Epic train, the HPN train. It's fabulous. So anyway, um, so before we go, why don't we learn a a little bit about co-host Alan Jacobson? Me, Um, I'm a I'm a I've done a lot of things in my life, like Joe. Many, many things. I can't even go into it right now, but I'm a former business owner. I've been a professional athlete, a professional actor, and I'm a, I've been a long time, for over 30 years, sales trainer, business consultant. And one of the things I've been working on lately is helping people with their communication skills, both orally and visually, and that includes on Zoom, because now people are doing business on Zoom. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people need, need help. They start to freeze up. I mean, they need help in condensing their messages and making their messaging more compelling. So I'm finding a big need for that. And that's what I've been doing, essentially. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's so valuable. I mean, and and again, Zoom or Steam or whatever, it's it's all the same. I mean, getting online and getting out there, I think, is absolutely key. And, and, uh, you know, I'm thankful that we have this technology that allows us to you know, do these things. And Catherine, you're doing a great job with the podcast. I love it. Yeah, it's a great show. Oh, yeah. Thank it's you. Awesome. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it a yeah. lot, a lot. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I am so, like, like on fire right now uh, having y'all have been here today. Uh, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but uh, I would love to have you both on again. So, you know, let's connect. Um, keep messaging each other but uh, thank you everybody for uh, watching and listening to the Pink Cloud 9 vodcast it's been so much fun Um, remember what we say at the end no cyberbullying, no bullying no being mean to other people and no being mean to yourself be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself take care of yourself, love yourself accept yourself, flaws and all and take time to donate to children's charities and the elderly charities they need love too thank you so much everybody bye well, well, well. Here you go. take care